All right, we're live. It reminds me of a countdown for my Yahoo Sports Fantasy Football draft. But oh yeah, See, I, haven't done that? That in, I haven't done that in a couple of years. So uh, we're back. Uh, we took another week break. Yeah, I know we're slacking, but it's the holidays, and uh, you know, family first. Uh, Sideshow listeners. Well, I also had to move. That kind of put a damper on her. I know. We I'm not. Finally I'm, have I'm, not, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not nomadic anymore. Finally, have him in a stinking house. But, you know, for, again, another special episode, you have uh, Frank and Pat here hanging out together, sipping coffee. And what is it? It's actually pretty good. Yeah, it's Aldi's, it's Aldi's coffee. Aldi's coffee? Mm-hmm. Like the grocery store kind? Yeah. Like the grocery store kind. The cheap grocery store kind. You said it was good. It, it's not bad, man. I, I, I give Aldi's, I'll tell you this. They do have really good canned vegetables that are cheap. Mm-hmm. We get, we get a lot of stuff there. Yeah. So we're back. We are uh, six days away from Christmas. And uh, I think we're going to take maybe an, like a shorter break because we've kind of been <laughs> taking a break already. <laughs> break it every, every now and again. I think we've only done two in the past four weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're glad to be back. We're going to uh, send you guys off. We'll see you next year after this episode. Uh, but we kind of wanted to... I guess I kind of wanted to sum up the year and see where things are going here. And I always like to see what Patrick has to say about some of this stuff. But for so today's word of the day or this week's word of the day is going to be deform. And I know you're looking at the definition right now, Patrick, but can you tell us what that means? To spoil the form of. Okay, well, that's yeah, yeah, that's the context of the word to spoil the looks of. Or to mar the character of. Yeah. Wow. Do you know where I'm going with that? Uh, I actually don't. I'm going with th- that because I think that uh, when we're talking about some of this reform, that we're actually getting more into deforming. Oh, gotcha. The police. Yep, yep, yep. Because some of the stuff that we've that, that the some people have called for this year, I don't think is helping the police, and I don't think it's helping the public. So I think, in essence, we're deforming, we're marring the character and spoiling the form of how police work is done. It's funny you say that because I did bring something that I did want to let you know about if I can find it here in my text because I sent this to my other one buddies here. It was an article I read that I got to find with the... The NFL is honoring this one guy. Yes. Did you see this? Yes. Oh my gosh. It is uh I just I just had it up. I'm trying to find it again. I, I don't remember the guy's name, but it was it's it's shame. And I saw and yeah, I follow, you know, I'm a big Reddit guy. And there's a I follow Protect and Serve on Reddit, which is a big cop forum. And oh, here it is, yeah. Who is it? Who's the guy's Dray- name? Well, I think it's pronounced Dre Sean. It's D R E A S J O N Reed, a man who was the NFL's honoring this, you know, inspired change campaign. It's a man who was shot and killed by Indianapolis police in May after he that guy shot at an officer during a foot chase. Oh no! I so I have you ever watched the uh, the donut operator on YouTube? No. Okay. So I don't know what his background is, but he actually has a really good he has really good insights, uh, and I think that. You know, starting in 2021, we can actually probably start eating into his viewership since we're going, you know, into the video. But uh, <laughs> anyway, he's called the donut operator, and he he actually went through this step by step. And 
So they're they're honoring this guy, right? Yeah. And I really don't, we don't I don't know him from from Adam, but from what I heard is that he has uh, the donut operator showed us his Facebook multiple times with this gun, and it's a really distinct gun. It's a it has an orange slide on it, and uh, there's multiple pictures of that. He even has a video on his Facebook of him leaning out the passenger side front window of a car shooting as they're driving and they pass a building and the, sh the shots go right into the building. Okay. And then when the police pull him over during this, this fatal incident with him, when the police pull him over, he goes live. And he's like, I'm, yes, I'm not, I'm not Facebook live. Yeah. Yep. And I'm not, I'm not going down. I'm not going I'm, down. He says, I'm not going to jail or something like that. He, yeah. He puts it in his pocket and runs. And, uh, I want to say that the police officer tases him. He falls down and then you hear the officer say like, Oh shit. And then the shots ring out. Well, right before all that, he takes, uh, what's his name again? Rayshon? Uh, Drejan. Drejan, uh, pulls his phone out of his pocket and you get this glimpse of a uh, a gun with a orange slide on it so it's the same one that he's had on his facebook photos and i'm guessing because i mean again I, i'm not that familiar with the case but the officer since he said oh shit he tased him the guy fell down took out his phone took out the gun and that's when he got shot yeah. the NF so the nfl is honoring this guy okay because of their inspired change because you know he's a uh, black minority and you know this going along with the can the police reform, but so th this guy Drejan, who police say pulled two drive-by shootings with a gun he mm -hmm. used to shoot at cops. Yep. Okay, and the grand jury decided not decided in November not to charge the officer, uh, which is par for the course when any type of investigation. And Drejan stole the gun he used that day from a Texas pawn pawn shop where they have still images of surveillance video of him taking the gun. He had three outstanding warrants at the time of his death, including felony intimidation and two for the stolen gun. So intimidation of a witness. Yes. Uh, that's a great guy. Great yeah. Guy. So the, the NFL is honoring this guy to inspire change. It's like, Oh my gosh. Well, what I, what I don't understand is I'm sure there's some more questionable incidents out there that oh, they could, yes. that they could honor. This one is kind of like, what like wait, I mean, that's the thing like he shot at police like okay what, you, what were the police supposed to do just sit there well anyway so look him up d-r-e-a-s-j-o-n reed okay we don't know all the details of the case or anything like that but i read was reading that article the other day i was like you have got to be kidding me we're honoring this guy yeah obviously there are legitimate victims of you know police misconduct that we could look up and honor but this guy like come on man this is insane. Yeah, look him up. All right, so look, this week we have U.S. versus what? Okay, the, another. <laughs> <laughs> How am I supposed to pronounce that? And gum gumezi, not new. Is, well, is is the G silent? New mezi, N G U M E Z I. I don't know. We we don't want to butcher the name but it's kind of hard to not to i don't know how to say that at all so uh i'm getting i'm guessing i am guessing the g is silent all right so this is what the what's going on with this case it's kind of interesting so at 3 15 a.m on may 6 2018 the defendant we're just going to call him 
Umezi. Okay. Umezi. Okay. That could be it. Numezi. Uh, so they, they, they stopped, uh, or Numezi was at a, a gas station in San Francisco. Uh, the San Francisco officer, uh, Wilms, conducted a traffic stop, noticing that the defendant's car had paper plates uh, displayed in the rear window. So uh, according to the d- defendant, uh, Wilms, the officer, approached the passenger side of the door and asked, uh, and he actually opened the door and leaned in and asked for his documents. Now, so the the important part, I kind of already glossed over here. And uh, so I'll just skip to the end. So basically what happens here is they find out that Wilms has been, uh, he's a suspended driver. He, and he has multiple offenses for suspended driving on his record. No, Wil- Wilms isn't. I'm sorry, not Wilms. The uh, Numezi. Numezi yeah. is, is suspended. He has multiple suspensions on his record. And so the officers decide to uh, impound his car. So what do you do when you impound a car, Patrick? You have to inventory. do an inventory search. Now, some people think that inventory searches are a way that police can circumvent having a search warrant. And don't get me wrong. I'm sure that police have done that in the past. But... Uh, really, the inventory search is meant to protect the vehicle owner so that their items can be inventoried in there so that there is no loss of items. Mm-hmm. You know, you have all your Christmas presents in your car. It gets towed. Next thing you know, you go pick up the, to- the, the car from the tow yard and there's no Christmas presents well, there. And then everybody's like, I don't know. It's, it, yeah, it's what we call a CYA issue. It's a cover, cover your ass if you need to figure out what that means. But it's not only for the, the car owner. It's for, the, it's for you, company. the officer, and for the tow company. Yeah. Basically, you know, you're marking down items of value within that oh, car. we've marked down everything. Yeah. CDs, yeah. if anybody even uses CDs anymore. Yep. Any jewelry. Car seats. Car seats. Uh, people have clothing in the, in and the you trunk. Wouldn't, and you wouldn't believe how how many people have like, you, how about like trunks you get into and it's just like, almost like they're living out of their car even though they're not. How about the one we had the other day where they had like, 30 steaks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, illegally. <laughs> they, they were they were not purchased. <laughs> but, yeah. but anyway, so uh, so Wilms conducts the inventory search because the tow company is there and they find a loaded gun underneath the driver's seat. And uh, after a further check, they realize that Numezi is a person not to possess. So that means that he's already been previously convicted of crimes that would not allow him to possess a firearm anymore. And therefore he gets arrested and fast forward to why this is in, and we're talking about this today. So in, in California, I looked this up. So any of our California listeners out there, feel free to call in if I get this wrong, but sometimes if, if a car does not, if you, when you buy a car, Uh, Most times you're going to be able to get a a regular metal license plate put on the car. But there are some times that a paper plate is given to the vehicle owner so that they can drive the vehicle for up to like 90 days. And then with that, there is a bill of sale or some type of uh, paperwork that gets placed in the rear window. And the rear window, and, and that has a date on it or a barcode, something that is easily identifiable to say, hey, this car is still within regulations or it's out of right regulations. So uh, there's this, there's this, this paper on the back of the car. So uh, what happens, the, the, the point of contention here is uh, after, uh, 
so new 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 <laughs> new Mezzi was actually found guilty of this possession charge and then the courts went to he he filed uh uh i guess uh what do you call it habeas yeah he, yeah he well, went to appeal but he went to, yeah he filed an appeal to overturn the decision because he says that when the officer walked up to the car he could have easily seen that the vehicle the bill of sale was within 90 days which then would mean that there was no violation right okay so when if we're going back into police talk again here what do you need to pull a vehicle over on the road reasonable suspicion. reasonable suspicion so did the, did the police officer has have reasonable suspicion and apparently this has already been said in, in california that if there's a paper plate there's already room for reasonable suspicion because it just doesn't happen that often i guess i, I don't know so the that nobody's contesting the reasonable suspicion that officer Wilms had immediately upon viewing this paper plate. But the point of contention is that as he walked up to go to the passenger side door, he would have been close enough to view the date on the bill of sale and therefore would have seen that it was uh, legal. And what happens to your reasonable suspicion? It goes away. It goes away. Pfft, it's done. So then what happens to everything for everything after that? fruits of the poisonous tree it's gone okay it's gone so and and that's what that's what the uh uh that's what ultimately happened numezi ended up uh having it overturned and he was not charged or he was not convicted of the uh of the gun the possession of a gun so it's pretty interesting and actually uh you know we're going through some of uh where we're at we're going through another uh case law this year that we're teaching to some of the people in in next year about how how quickly reasonable suspicion can go away and when does it become well, you know, how about we give the example of kansas versus glover that case we talked about that's the one with the you know you run the the plate and if the owner is showing suspended the supreme court ruled eight to one that if the owner's suspended or license revoked which it was in kansas then you have a right to stop the car based on that premise because the likelihood that anybody, I mean, if I'm the owner of a car, it's just the producer and I usually driving it. The likelihood of anybody outside of us two is very, very minimal and probably, you know, 99.9% .9 of the time it's just the producer and I. So, which they think is reasonable suspicion because now in that case, let's say I'm a suspended driver, I'm the suspended driver. And when they run the plate, a cop from the plate and pulled me over based on the fact that it's showing that my license is suspended. If the producer's driving it, okay, they have to immediately basically cease and desist the traffic stop because they figured out that, hey, obviously, uh, you know. Thanks for your time. Yep. Sorry for the inconvenience. And, and in that situation, it would be the same thing. Like you would now, the question is, do you just like walk away or do you go up and you tell the person, you know, this is the reason I pulled you over, but I figured out the bill of sale was valid. So I'm going to let you go. I, I would do that. Yes. Uh, but I can tell you what I've, what happened to me in the past was, uh, we were out doing this, this, uh, this patrol in a certain area because we had like three or four shots fired, uh, or like, you know, near, near misses of shootings happening in this area. And we saw a car drive by us and I wholeheartedly believe that I saw this one guy driving the car and I knew that he was a suspended driver. So. Uh, we pull the vehicle over, we walk up, and I immediately realize that it's it's not the guy that I thought it was. 
but I didn't break contact because there was uh, an odor of fresh marijuana coming out of the vehicle. Man, that's a good segue into this topic. So, oh yeah, it is actually a good segue. <laughs> so, uh, and therefore, then then I could continue with my investigation. So, uh, okay, so here we go. Yeah, so look up uh, U.S. v. Numezi or N G U M E Z I. I'm telling you, I'm going to go on a limb and say the G is silent. It has to be. Well, there's could, no other way to pronounce unless you pronounce unless you make the N silent. Gumezi. I don't know. All right, so today's topic. Remember, we're talking reform equals deform, somewhat, maybe, somewhere, sometimes. Reform, deform. So here we go. And this so and, and Patrick and I have talked about this over the year where sometimes sometimes there's good ideas, sometimes there's you know, it's good for these changes, and we're not against change, but you just can't rush into it. And this is the perfect way, especially talking about marijuana. This is the first topic. How 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 on your give a shit level, Patrick? Where is marijuana usually at on when you're a patrol officer here? If somebody says I want to go get high with, with to smoke, I usually tell them make sure you keep it inside. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so it's very low. You're not. This is no crime of the century. You're not. You're not. You know. Yeah. You know, doing. You know, concerning all your efforts to take down this, you know, guy with a little bit of marijuana, right? No, it's it's a, it's not a big deal. Uh, but we as a society have, are like rushing to legalize marijuana. Well, that's because it's a, it's a name brand political topic. That's why. And there's, we're going to get into this, but there's misconceptions societal wise of what marijuana has done. Some are maybe have some rationale and justification behind them, but a lot really don't. And that's what we're going to get into because kind of like you said, you know, so, you know, if somebody's smoking a joint, it is not the end of the world. Okay. Cause even if you get it, what are you doing? You're getting a small amount of marijuana out of a, or what do they call it? Small fish in a big pond. And all mm -hmm. that. it's just not the end of the world. You're not really doing anything. And, you know, just not on our list of things that we need to accomplish. Yeah. We have better things to do. Yeah. But the, but the, the problem here is, and this is where, look, where we're saying, look, slow it down. And we're saying slow it down because we still need to to flesh out some of these things. And <clears throat> Patrick, you're very smart in DUIs. This is an issue with DUIs across the nation. Yeah. And here's the thing. Is marijuana going to totally inhibit you from functioning your normal daily activities? No. But there is science and statistical data behind it does affect you, okay? Your cognitive abilities, your physically functioning abilities. Is it, I mean, it's like alcohol, you know? The Obviously, the more marijuana you smoke, the higher you're going to get, and per, it gives you the inability to do, you know, psychomotor activities, which is driving, because psycho, as in you're looking and paying attention to the road, and the motor, as in you're actually driving the car, the steering wheel, moving the gear shift, that type of stuff. So, yes, there is some science behind Marijuana does physically affect you. However, again, is it going to affect you as much as heroin is? No, but it is going to affect you, and it's going to affect your ability to, uh, per you know, drive a or drive a motor vehicle safely, and you know. 
But the, the some of the, the issues with that, though, is that the laws haven't caught up. Correct. So, you know, where we're at, you're not allowed to have any marijuana in your system. Correct. It does. And, and the problem with marijuana is that it shows up for, you know, weeks. Which, yes, which they need to change. Okay, because med- medical marijuana is legal, yet it's still illegal, illegal for, in, your for, in your bloodstream. And the other problem is, and just like anything else, federal government still classifies it as a schedule one drug. So it's any type of marijuana is illegal according to the federal government. Whereas I don't know how many States there are now. I mean, just I after a lot. Yeah. After the last election, there's a bunch that have legalized it. There's a bunch that have gone medical and there's still a couple that still don't have any type of legality with marijuana. Not Oregon. <laughs> Oregon went straight crazy and legalized every drug. They, well, they decrim they decriminalized the well no they legalized uh mushrooms. Yes. They legalized what is psilocybin, yeah, mushrooms. Okay. Which yes, that'll probably screw you up a little more than marijuana. <laughs> and they decriminalize hard drugs like <laughs> cocaine and heroin, which will really mess you up. <laughs> so they went the whole other route, but yeah, but that's what. But yeah, the you. feds the feds haven't caught up, and now they're talking. You know, I think somebody just introduced a bill uh, in the House maybe two three weeks ago, Cares in Act. December, that said that they wanted to legalize or take take it all out of make it not a Schedule One drug anymore. But that's interesting because you know all those CBD uh, stores, any people that are selling the 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 tinctures and the 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 vapes and all that stuff. Technically, they're not allowed to be using those FDIC-insured banks because, again, marijuana is still illegal. So it's a risk there. The problem with CBD is the marijuana is not really regulated as well as it is as far as the THC count. And for those who don't know, the THC count from like the 1970s marijuana versus now – now it's like 70 times higher and more potent. Well, I think even the, the street marijuana that yes. you buy compared to the, the medical yes. marijuana is, is much lower. Yes. So it, it's it's not regulated well. But again, this is what you're talking about. It was a political issue. Oh, we got to you know make marijuana legal because it's locking people. We're going to talk about this. It's locking people up and putting them in jail. When in reality, we're going to talk. It's not. Right. It, that's not what it's doing. And then, but again, we it's almost like... I, just t- I always tell this one officer, he takes two steps when he only thinks about one. And that's kind of what the government's done with this. So, by the way, did you know that there's a section of Oregon that's trying to secede, s- secede and join Idaho? <laughs> Maybe there's going to be another civil war based off of Oregon. South Oregon. <laughs> yeah. I guess, oh, man, you watch all the news stories about Portland and it's like, geez, man, that place is just going to catch a break. Yeah. So the other thing that we have with marijuana reform is that uh, people think it's going to solve all of our problems and we're going to be like happy and we're just going to be singing and dancing and no. it's not going to happen. Uh, if any of you guys watched 60 Minutes, I wish I had it. I'll try to find the article. But about a year or so ago, I was watching it and talked about California because California legalized marijuana. But the problem is they taxed it at such a high rate that it's actually caused more of a problem for Californians than it was before. You're talking about like the more the underground has has evolved more. Yes. It's still being yeah. bought and sold on the streets, and and they have like I forget who what who's working like all of the like all, all these they're having all these grow operations now, and a lot and a lot of the like the law enforcement that's doing it is like the agriculture section and all that type of stuff. No way. Yeah, yeah. So like 
Colorado was like the first and the homeless population has skyrocketed in California or in Colorado. DUI crashes have gone up. Uh, a lot of, so a lot of the ramifications of legalizing marijuana are, are seen now, you know, the good thing is, I mean, and I was actually a couple of years ago, I was out in Denver. So it was before, before my son was born, I, I want to say maybe 2015, yeah. 14, something like that. And producer and I went out and we were there for four days, which this is, this is like Denver. Okay. So when we left my house, it was like 40, 50. We flew into Detroit. It was probably 10 degrees colder. Then we flew into Denver and it was four degrees. Wow. The weekend before they told me it was 70. Wow. Yeah. It was snowing. And if you've never been to the Denver airport, it is huge. It's, but it's like 30 to 40 minutes outside of the actual city. And the drive-in is really cool because you can see them Brocky Mountains in the background, all that type of stuff. It's a very, really, really cool city. But I was talking to a cop there because we were at this conference and I was talking to a cop there, and he said, yeah, the one section over they call it the Green Mile, because you go down there, and there's all these marijuana shops and all this stuff. And he, he says, it's just people saw it. They gravitated towards Denver. They uprooted themselves there. And a lot of the, you know, quote, So unquote, a lot of people went there just to be able to smoke legally. Yeah. And then, but they didn't have any plan. Correct. So now they're homeless. Yeah. Oh, gosh. And that was that's the problem with it. It's, you know... So basically, you know, and somebody told me this the other day, they said, uh, because they were, they were really against police continuing to make arrests for marijuana. And I told them, I said, Hey, you know, over the years, we've seen a, a decent amount of our homicides yes. as a result of, of, hom- of, of marijuana sales, even marijuana debts. So basically what you're saying with, with states still taxing these at such high rates, the underground market is still going to exist and we're probably still going to have crimes associated with marijuana. Well, I think the problem is these state governments think that all the money they're going to profit from this is going to solve all their budgetary issues. But you really have to look at it from a socioeconomic impact of their budget has to be, you know, balanced before you go to this. Like you, you can't rely on, oh, we have a shortage here. So we have to do this. Like that's not how that that's not how basic economics works. You got to figure it out before you go this route. And then this could be a surplus on top of that. It's just my opinion. But like you said, the other thing is marijuana is not small amounts of marijuana arrests are not putting people in jail. Like we talk about all these people being in like federal prison for, you know, years for, you know, not or drug offenses that aren't violent. Well, yeah. You could tell me how often does somebody go to federal prison for marijuana? It's, what do they have to be doing? Right, it doesn't happen. Well, what what, pe- what confuses people is that maybe that small sale was the straw that broke the camel's back, because a lot of the if you're dealing marijuana, in our experience, the feds aren't touching you unless you have, you have pounds. Well, <laughs> either you have pounds or you're 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 considered. Uh, repeat felon yes uh or uh you know uh a violent felon so you know there's some some things that they're going to classify you and and really amp up your your charges and stuff there but i'd say for the last two three years in our area uh marijuana really hasn't been the focus of our our drug task forces in the area well it's the whole thing about decriminalized marijuana to me that's a fallacy because the criminal marijuana has been decriminalized since we started like 
no, even if you got pinched with marijuana, it was just, you know, a small grade misdemeanor and you'd go. And even if you were on probation and you got pinched with that, which probation, one of your conditions is you're not, you allowed, know, to, you're not allowed to use drugs. You're not allowed to have any more criminal activity yeah. and you still wouldn't even get violated. Yeah. So people aren't going to jail for small amounts of marijuana. And like, and the fed wise, if you're getting jail for marijuana, it's because you're like transporting pounds, like a lot of marijuana. Yeah. So we'll see. There's a lot of stuff that we can uh, look forward to see here come with the marijuana, especially depending on what happens with the Senate runoff races here in Georgia. And then, uh, you know, who controls the house and the Senate, because that could change a lot as far as the feds go. Yeah. What about uh, some of our police reforms that we've done over the last 2020? Social workers, look, we're all about taking food off our plate to get to feed other agencies so that they can help us do our job. But did you hear about the social worker that was killed? Oh, I know, I did hear that one. Yeah, um, Seattle, but that's more like these another fallacy where they think social workers should just replace cops or we think it should just be a hand in hand thing, like working together. Like we can, we can work together yeah. and we don't mind. But the thing is, and I can tell you this, there's no one that's going to, well, I guess there was somebody, but there's <laughs> not many people who are going to raise their hand and say, let me go out to that person right. with a knife before the police get there. Right. The police go there. Okay. If it's something like a third party we can use to our benefit. Okay. Then we're going to contact them and that. Again, our job is to make the scene safe. Heck, even firefighters wait for us to go to stuff first. Right. Yep. So, you know, the social workers, again, great idea. A little bit more needs to be figured out. Uh, I can see people, again, this is kind of one of those things where we're just rushing into it, where we just need to slow down and really think about how we're doing it. Because are social workers going to wear vests? You know, if they wear a vest now, do they look more like police? You know, are they going to wear something that says social worker on them? You know, because now if you start arming them up to protect them, now they're going to look like a police officer and somebody's going to say, you know, I didn't know they were a social worker. Seattle, well, Seattle to me is like another like Portland. It's like its own little like entity or world over there. How about all the businesses that are fleeing Seattle because the lawlessness and yep. stuff like that? Good old Chop took care of that. Yep. Chop Chaz. Uh, did you, who was, it? oh, it was, uh, Berkeley, Berkeley, Berkeley took away traffic stops. Yes. They're having non-sworn law enforcement. Well, I guess they're not even law unarmed. Yes. Unarmed to, to hand out like citations and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. But you and I really like traffic is, has traffic enforcement has so many reasonings and rationales behind it. Okay. Obviously number one is because there's an issue with driving in that area. Okay. It could be a stop sign. could be a highway. You know, we get uh, money provided by NHTSA from the federal government, national highway transportation safety administration, because there's high amount of accidents in certain areas. And our, you know, we want to make sure that drivers slow down or they're not blowing stop signs. They're not blowing red lights, that type of stuff. So traffic enforcement in and of itself is a way for us to, you know, root that problem. It's also a deterrent because anybody who sees a cop, you know, and they drive by, they're automatically going to slow, slow down, down, pay attention to yep. the road. Yep. Put on their seatbelts. Yes. <laughs> and the other one is it's a way for us to interact and find people and get into stuff. So, you know, you pull over a car for a red light, for blowing a stop sign. You find out the driver or passenger may have warrants. There may be a gun in the car, drugs, all that type of stuff. Yeah, well, I can tell you, you know, uh, 
even as recent as this year for us, we had so many shootings in a row where it was a rental car involved. And with rental cars, you know, they can continue to, to change them out on a daily basis and they're not rented to the people who are driving. So, and, and those people were just drive by doing drive-bys and shooting. So how else are you going to stop that problem? You, you got to do traffic stops. Yeah. You have to do traffic stops. And uh, again, that's, that serves that purpose. You know, like you said, there's many different purposes for traffic, but uh, look, we don't do traffic stops in order to shoot people. We do traffic stops in order to protect people and to protect the, the drivers on the road. And, and, and sometimes it means that you're going to be stopping guys with guns and, and that flee and fight. And sometimes you're, it's not, sometimes you're, you're pulling over, you know, mom and pop and, yeah. Uh, how, yeah. How many times do you like normal person go down the road? You're like, Oh, that freaking idiot or something like that. Because guess what? I know it's for shock people, but there are bad, poor drivers on the roadway, terrible drivers, terrible drivers. especially when it's snowing in our area. Oh God. I, it's like the first on. snow is the worst. Too. Yeah. Uh, and then they, okay. There, there's only certain vehicles that number one should be on the road during that. I was okay. thinking the same thing. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and number two, if you're on the road, driving four miles an hour trying your, to go up a hill on. trying to go up a hill with your flashers on does not help the problem yeah you got this thing there's this thing called momentum yep. that is required to go up a hill. i uh on our on my way home when we were having this blizzard here last uh last week uh i saw every crash that i saw involved uh, a sedan and i was thinking why are you even out here like it's terrible conditions blowing uh now, even if even a front wheel drive, you'd be all right. It just depends on sometimes. Which, yeah, but my gosh. So then we go into no knock warrants. Like I'm kind of, I understand again where we're coming from. It was this, this is from Brianna Taylor? Uh, I get it. Like no knock warrants on the face sounds bad, but again, you know the, the no knock warrants they started in the '60s and in the '70s, and they have a reason for them. And sometimes, and this is where I think people get really aggravated for, is that they they don't want people. Uh, they they're doing no knock warrants for drugs, uh, which I get. Okay, you know, is is it more important to keep everybody safe, or is it more important to bust in the house and get the drugs quickly so that none of them get flushed or destroyed? I get it, but I think the reason why we have no knock warrants that we need to keep them and not completely get rid of them, like some people are proposing, is because sometimes you do, you cannot give, or you need the element of surprise on law enforcement to safely get into the house. And, and the, but what I mean is, if you know you have that violent offender who has a homicide warrant and says, I'm not going back to jail, I, and you have information oh, yeah. from a CI or whoever that he keeps a gun under his pillow and one by the door well, and all that. You have to put the rationale within the warrant for the justification for no knock anyway. You can't just say <laughs> I'm not knocking. Yeah, uh, You have to put the justification in the warrant and then the judge signs it. Yeah. So in this Breonna Taylor case, uh, you know, they were blaming the officers, but you know, the judge signed off on it. Like nobody even talked about the judge. He signed off on the no knock so, warrant. Just for that, you don't you don't understand. When you have a search warrant, you have to have like obviously the probable cause for the reason for going into the search warrant. But you also have to have a rationale or justification within that probable cause for why you need a no knock warrant. The same thing for why you have to ser serve a nighttime search warrant. Right. Yep. And then so and then to expand on that for you non LEOs that are listening. You normally have to knock 
announce, hey, police, city police. Search warrant. Search warrant. Open up. And then you have to wait a reasonable amount of time for what you would expect from the size of the house and the location of the living areas that you would expect somebody to be able to come and open the door or at least answer you from inside the house. So we're talking 30 seconds, a minute is about normal. And during those 30 seconds, you're continuing to knock and announce. And then if nobody comes, then uh, the warrant gives you the right to break down the door. So no knock means that you're sneaking up and you're just breaking right through that door. So again, it's, it's for officer safety. And really, again, you know, we talk about officer safety, but really it's the safety of the people inside too. And I understand sometimes it goes bad, but uh, I guess it's I'm not really, that, our, it's not what we want. I, it, and, and how often, like in your, how often have you done a no knock warrant? Maybe once, twice. It, it, it's it's not like this is a common thing. No. It's a rare, it, right? It's for a vi- usually for violent offenders or or that type of rationale for getting inside the house. Yeah. So the what what I disagreed with with the whole Brianna Taylor thing, and don't get me wrong, that was a tragedy, but that's not a commonplace type of search warrant, right? And then the last one, I don't know. Some people like on the internet were really mad about this. I'm not sure how people really are, uh, if they are really angry, but about I- wearing your ID during riot control. Like we don't wear ID during riot control. Wearing an ID? They were saying that the federal agents that were sent out to Portland and Seattle oh, yeah, I do didn't have this. their IDs yeah. on and that they were complaining that they couldn't yes. identify the officers. Which it's in our policy that if, if anybody asks for who we are, we have to tell them and give them our badge number. So we do that anyway. Yeah. So all you got to do is ask. I yeah. want your name and badge number. Okay. okay. Here you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I don't it's know. Patrick Cortland, man. Come find me. Yeah. I, again, I don't think it's anything where it's it's meant to be to hide anything. I think this what came about from some of those extremist groups back in the past where mm-hmm. they would see, oh, oh, Patrick, Patrick Cortland. Oh, I got you. And then, you know, next thing you know, they're putting lean, leans against yeah. Patrick's house and they're finding his house and you know, egging it, you know, just doing stuff like that where that's where it was meant for. So I don't know what they're going to do. I think what maybe what should come is just give you an ID number, what you know, or your badge number, you know, and then you yeah. can wear that. You're not required to hand out your driver's license number or <laughs> yeah. anything like that. It's just your name and your badge number. So I want your home address. Uh, sorry, you're not getting that. Well, uh, Patrick, you sent me this the other day about out in Philly, the oh, prison. Yeah. yeah. What was that about? Uh, that was so. This is another reform that yeah. ends up so deforming. Philadelphia DA has really changed things a lot. Larry Krasner, I believe. And there was an incident where these, you know, they're basically letting out anybody who is what they deem is, I would almost say super not, super. Anyone who's not super violent, <laughs> like super, super violent, is getting out of prison early or bail reform, especially in New York. New York, too, having a big problem with bail reform. Their commissioner, uh, a little tangent, but their commissioner came out and said, we're having all these gun and shooting problems because no, these people are not in jail anymore. On, on They're out on bail and cash bail, and they're out committing additional crimes. But the problem there in, in Philly was – there, uh, the one U.S. attorney came out and spoke about how their one I was, I think Sergeant Collins, maybe I, if if I say that wrong, I'm sorry, but the Philadelphia uh, sergeant that was shot and killed by that guy, the guy should have been in jail and he was out. And 
they basically, you know, he did a great speech. He, he did. Like, this should, this shouldn't have happened. Yeah. It could have been prevented, but he actually like, uh, he put it all in the DA. Yeah, he did. He did. Now, again, obviously the person that did the crime is the person who, who, who's at. You're right. And we're pointing fingers here, but you know, we always like to try to figure out the reason why something happened. Uh, and, and this, you know, and, and sometimes it's them yelling at the police and really it's like, Hey, the, if the DA would have done their job, this wouldn't have happened. Yeah. Sorry, I'm looking. You continue. I'm trying to look up with the real time research yeah. here at the sideshow. Well, I'm going to get into the police images, our last little piece here, uh, while you look that up. And I think that even the police image, and we've kind of been doing this over the last couple years, and I have no issues with us doing the lip sync battles uh, and doing, you know, funny stuff as police in uniform. Uh, what my problem is, is that even though, uh, I, I guess the, the whole purpose of, of these things is to show that police are people too, and that they, you know, have families, they're not robots, they can laugh, they can be silly, they can make themselves look dumb in an, in, a, in an attempt to connect with the community. And I'm cool with that. I love it. I, I want to, I, I really, really agree with that. But my problem is, is that we are still the police. We are still a symbol of authority. We still have the job of of upholding the law. And as much as you want to see me as the 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 fun and silly and human uh, Frank Gebhardt, I still might have to arrest your dad for his outstanding warrants. I might still have to arrest your brother for DUI. I might still have to arrest your you know, little cousin for something else. Like I, you will never get past that point is that, and, and this is where like, I don't want, I don't want to take down the, the professional image of, of police work and, and make us seem like we're on the same level because now we have, it's, it is a different level. We are the, the, again, the symbol of authority. We are the people who are charged with upholding the law. You know, and so, and, and we, and, and that's our job and, you know, we have to do our job. And I see these, these chiefs across the country who are being silly and it's like, you're a, you're a CEO of an organization. Again, let's, com- let's connect with the community. Let's be one with the community, but they can't be the silly guy just because they're police officers. They're the CEO of an organization. Well, they have to I, be. I, I, and, uh, the, I'll, I'll, I just sent you the article from the Inquirer. It was the U.S. Attorney William McSwain slams District Attorney Larry Krasner over a fatal shooting of Corporal James O'Connor IV. Basically, the guy they felt that the guy should have still been in jail at that point. Yeah. Well, I think what you're saying is, and it's become a political statement that the community runs the police. Okay. And in our opinion, our purview is they can't run the police because the police have logistical job to do to do and we still have to enforce laws we need to work with the community and have input from the community in how we conduct ourselves that's the difference in some of the you know the viewership and the ideologies especially that are coming especially you know since you know all these 
you know, we talked about it since the George Floyd incident, they wanted to reform, defund the police. And now you're fine, unfortunately seeing some of the side effects in some of these metropolitan areas that are having just increased amounts of violence. And it's really affecting police recruitment. You know, nobody wants to be a police officer anymore just because of all the quote unquote shit you have to deal with. So, you know, we just we need to work with the community and the problem is, and, th- and this is where like the community just cannot completely dictate how or why the police do it because some of the community just doesn't know how law works. Wow. That's education. E- misinformation, education are kind of what drives that divide. I, in my, in that's my why we're here. Yeah. That's yeah. why we're here. You know, that's part of our cred. That's, it is. It's, it's the education. communicate, relate, relate, educate, and delineate, man. And, and we, and that's, you know, that's why we've been doing this. Actually, we're going to be coming up here on a year now, uh, for the sideshow. And that's, that's the thing. Like we really think that most of our, uh, problems with the community or the community's problems with us is that they just don't understand us. Last night, last night, I had a lady who was very, very upset with me because I would not throw her uh, her sister and her baby dad out of the house and they live there and they didn't commit any crimes, but they were arguing because they were all drunk. She was screaming, yelling, screw you, F you. And she actually wanted to call and complain on me because I wouldn't throw them out of the house. It's like, listen, I, I'm trying to explain to you we're that gu- I we're, cannot we're guided by rules and laws. Well, this thing called the constitution. So th- this is what I said. I said, do you want me to do my job? And she said, yeah. And then, yeah, she was, she was drunk. So she's like, well, that doesn't, that doesn't of, help. Yeah. And I said, do you, do you want me to do my jo- job legally? Like, do you want me to do what's right? And she's like, yeah. And then you know, she'd go more on, but it's like, then I can't throw them out. Like, I, I just can't do it. You want me to be like an honorable stand up police officer. I can't throw your people out. And, uh, but she wasn't happy about that. But, and that's, again, that's why we're here at the side show is that, uh, you know, and the, for the LEOs listening, and any of the uh, other community that's listening is that we, we need to sit down and have more of these talks and, and delineate why things are the way they are, because that's the, that's the big, that's the big divide. Yeah, definitely. It's the big wedge. So but I think that's about it. That is it. I say that article, I'll ta- have you attach it. It's pretty interesting to read. Um, it's kind of what happens when you, when you get a district attorney in there who before his other job was, to uh, you know, investigate police misconduct and complaints. And is all that, that where he came from? Yeah, and that's his background. Which, you know, it is what it is. But you're kind of seeing some of the side effects in that. But we do appreciate that. This is our this is our second episode in person together. I know, I know. but it's not going to happen much now because no. uh, because Patrick's going to have a sweet studio. Yeah. Starting in 2021. The, the problem right now is there's a ton of bo- ton of boxes in that office, so I got to clean that out first, and I got to get a desk. Oh. But I have Wi-Fi as of tomorrow. So, yeah. So uh, again, you know, we won't see it till next year. I know it's so corny doing that, but uh, we'll see it in 2021. We really thank you, listeners, for uh, keeping this going. Yeah. It's been a weird year. <laughs> Great year. <laughs> what, well, I mean, what else? Everybody like talks about how weird 2020 is. So we're not even going to say it. It just is what it is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, we appreciate you listening. Don't forget to reach out to us. Give us a five star review, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, email us, Patrick at the LEO Sideshow.com, Frank at the LEO Sideshow.com, and give us that five star review. I think that's about it, right? That's it. See you next year, See listeners. Ya.